Don't hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters on... I guess every show in our network on Friday is Friday Fun Day, except maybe for Petey, who <laughs> has when is when is my life ever like, Friday? Who is concerned already? By like the way, and, and I wish almost that the mics were on during the countdown and intro, so you all could hear the level of angst <laughs> in Petey <laughs> while while we're counting yeah. down to the show beginning. But oh, I didn't tell you by the way, we changed the topic of the show, right? <laughs> I gotta, I'm trying my best. I need five monitors. I need notebooks. Like Jesus Christ, like let's. Happy fucking Friday. Well, I guess you could say it is Friday the 13th, which tends to be a cursed day for some. Do you believe in Friday the 13th or or, or curses or superstitious things like that? I kind of think we should ask our producer, Sean DePaz, because it doesn't sound <laughs> like Friday the 13th got off to a good start for him. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. Um, I got a tattoo. Can't really see it, but I got a new tattoo because uh, <laughs> As one a does. tattoo shop was given out to Cheap tattoos as they do on Friday the 13th. But I got there at midnight and didn't get the tattoo until you guys haven't heard 6 in the morning. Yeah. That's the part I mean, that blows my wait. mind. I have so many like, questions. Wait, it's like, that's just so common knowledge. That's common knowledge. Tattoo shops. Oh, yes. yeah. For sure. Well, Friday the 13th. This no, particular one I get. Oh, no, all of them. All of them. That's, okay. a thing? that's common. That's so common I should knowledge. know that. That's so, a Sean, thing. where was know. this tattoo shop? Um, Sunny Go <sighs> Where do you live? Avondale. It was damn near a 30 minute ride. Okay. All right. But the part that blows my mind is the getting there at midnight, not getting mm, in till six. Till 6 was there like a line out the door or something? Um, there, yeah, a little bit. There was a decent number of people, but they okay. were allowing people. This is tattoo shop's been open for about a week, and this is their first time ever doing this. Uh, and the guy just started. It's his third no, tattoo. No there. <laughs> all the tattoo. Just artists, got my kid in the mail. All the tattoo artists have been tattooing in the valley for at least ten years. Jesus. Um, shout out Seventh oh, Street okay. Tattoo Shop. Okay. Um, but. This is their, the owner's first time doing it. So we allowed people to get up to three tattoos. Yeah. Um, oh, aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. So. I have to say, uh, if anything goes wrong in this show, it's because Sean did not sleep yeah, last hadn't slept. night. Great. But he's got a new tattoo. Yeah. Yes. And By it's very way, well done. It's very well very done. Nice. 15 minutes before we went on the air, the things that you don't want to hear your producer say when they walk in the door, I want to crawl in a hole and die. <laughs> not a good start <laughs> to the day. This would be a good show today. Not a good start. Charles is here early. Is it early? It's not early. It's not early, buddy. It's not. It feels early. Here. I don't know why it feels early. Just does. Shouldn't for you. You're Listen, I like gotta, 5 a.m. We got to juggle a lot of shit here. I don't know how many fuel all this. Just, oh well, I want to start by pointing out that I'll, I'll be drinking a flavored Pellegrino today, and this is from Steve Peters, actually. So yeah, it's unintentional Pellegrino out, purchase. You have your Pellegrino. He, he has his credit for it. Safeway brand. I got my brand. Safeway brand <laughs> Club soda. Safeway brand. Mm -hmm. Safeway and I have brand. water from my fridge because yeah, you're not a sparkling person. I'm not. I am. Yeah, but you, you are said a it. That's out of context. Quotes, by the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, by the way, I was validated because I went to a restaurant and they had no lettuce salad on the menu. All right, let's get the, Can we do this show. Let's, let's get into our topic today, which, you know, now that we know that the Arizona Coyotes are picking third overall in the upcoming draft, they this is now going to be their third time in history doing that. The Coyotes don't have a ton of picks in the top ten. In fact, so few that. When we went into this topic, we had to extend it to the top 15. And today we are going to be looking at the best top 15 overall picks in Arizona Coyotes history. We're going to rank them. We're he and I are anyway. Because yes. we're, we're the, as you, the elders. In case you haven't noticed, yeah, we're, we're the two old guys. She was barely on alive show. on some of these. And that'll come into play later this summer, by the way. The two old guys versus <laughs> the two younger people on yes. this show. Yes. So. It will? Yeah, we were a young versus old. You probably don't remember. <laughs> Memory loss is part of this. <laughs> Literally, no, no record. If we talked about and, it, and by the way, this was going to be a collaborative list among the three of us, and then the, these two couldn't agree. And I said, I don't know. I, I know, obviously, in the last ten years when, or so. When were you born? Can we just put nineteen ninety six? Right, the year that the coyotes got yeah so, so yeah. it's fair that you don't remember some of these drafts. so instead i'll be moderating between pd and craig and we'll put the lists up for a poll on twitter later this afternoon so you all can vote on who the list is more accurate or you can reply with your own list and maybe we'll agree that your list is yeah, better you can put out your own list or 
Or you can vote that my list is better, or I could unfollow you on Twitter. Your choice. <laughs> yeah. right. Or, or, or get, that get blocked by Craig as Morgan. The bad part for me is, and Craig as being a writer that he is, he's got in the notes, because we have show notes, it's a thing, he types out these paragraphs of this and their stats and there's this. <laughs> I go, oh, shit, I'll remember this tomorrow. I got it. No problem. I got it. And I'm looking at my notes going, why did I pick that guy? Like, why did I pick him? Maybe Craig's list is better. So I'm not sure yet. I'm not oh defending my, my list until it no, comes out of my mind. I was ready for some some fireworks here, but then you got me this, P87. I know, the Pellegrino. That's great Sweet. stuff. It was a good move by you. Who knew this it wasn't water? Unbelievable. Though? I thought it was water. It's really good. Okay. It's not water. Well, let me explain the criteria for these picks. So this... These players must be drafted by Arizona, so not Winnipeg. Yeah, it's not it's not the franchise. Shane Doan, so Shane not Doan is not available. So it has to be drafted by either the Phoenix Coyotes or the Arizona Coyotes, not the Winnipeg Jets. And we ha- we had some discussion about this, but we decided that what considers someone the best is they don't have to be the best playing for the Coyotes. They just have to go on and have great NHL careers. Right. The scouting staff decided. The scouting staff did their job. No, the scouting staff. And we talked about, well, they had to do it for the Coyotes. But but, but the scouts, when they pick that pick at that time, it's not their responsibility to develop that player or keep that player here. That's other people. They were picking that player as a scout, and this is the player of that year. So this player may have had success elsewhere, and that will play into where he ranks in our list of 10. And we also looked at it from the perspective of what it would be if they were considered lottery picks, because we just had the lottery. So this doesn't include the entire first round. It's not no, just it's the first No, it's just half. the top it's 15. The first, yeah, so if, if they were lottery picks. So we mimicked if they were lottery picks. And we may do other rounds later, yeah. which we should. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we'll rank all the draft picks when we Does get Does Louis Domingue make it? Coyote <laughs> fifth round pick? Louis Domingue? Well, if we'll he wins the cup, we'll by see then? what he does tonight, buddy. If he wins yeah, the cup? True. Louis Domingue wins the cup again, by the way. Didn't he hoist it with... Did he have? Was he part of Tampa? I think so. On the I Tampa roster? Got, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was. Yep. There you go. Good for him. Two-time right. Stanley Cup winner, Louis Domingue. So who wants to who wants to start? Are we, how are we doing this? How, how I we think we're going to go up? from 10 to 1. Okay. And and, and we, I think... We're not going to put him up initially? No, no, because then you see our whole list. That's that's fair. Okay. <laughs> so do you want to go for... I think we have the same... We do 10, at number actually. 10. We have the same... We do have the same player at number 10. Victor Soderstrom. Victor Soderstrom. 11th overall pick in 2019. Which tells you something about how the Coyotes have drafted in the top 15. If, by if the Victor Soderstrom really hasn't made a, a mark in the NHL yet, is still in our top 10. And I, I, listen, you could make an argument for a guy who's not going to be talked about elsewhere that we both had number 11, Peter Mueller, who had a yeah. remarkable rookie year and then his career yeah. was just ravaged. By and and you know what? Peter Mueller is a guy that at the time, when he was drafted, you're like, oh my god, like, what a what a dynamic player this kid was. Like, yeah. he was so good and so skilled offensively. Injuries played a part of it. Concussions played a part of mm-hmm. it, and it just it, it, another guy that like Chris Kalanos, another kid that that you go, oh, wow, offensive left side. Remember that goal on Patrick Awa that yeah, everybody goes nuts over. That was the Chris Kalanos if he could have continued that path. Same with Peter Mueller, but they both got concussions and, and it happened so early. In his we're never too. the same. The cool thing about Peter Mueller, I'll say this before we, we talk about Soto a little. Peter Mueller ended up out of the league after a few years, but he went to Europe and he ended up carving out just a really cool career for himself and his family. Took his family, lived in some unbelievable cities. I wrote a story on him a, a couple of years ago. He really loved his life and his career after that. The thing that I always talk about with players, like I, I get wanting to make it in the NHL. It's the best league in the world. I get it. The money's better, all of that. But in terms of an experience, like there's a side of me that thinks I might rather play in Europe. Just like I think about like all the options of amazing cultures that I can see, the experience that you can have for yourself and your family. Playing in Europe is a really cool option for hockey players. Very true. So back to soda. So we both have a 10. Drafted in 2019, he's played 20 total games and has one career goal in the National Hockey League. And to give you an idea of the drafting futility here of the Coyotes, that's a guy in the top 10. That's a guy that made the top 10 pick, and he has 20 games and one goal. Just to kind of give you an idea of what we had to get through to get to the top 10. That's not ideal, having a guy in your top 10 of your entire draft career in the top 15 picks have one goal. No. And the fact that, I know you already mentioned it, but the fact that he still made the top 10 is just a reflection of the Coyotes drafting. Now, he is a defenseman. 
and defensemen develop more slowly. So fair. There's still a little time for him, but prove us wrong. Next couple seasons, we better see something it's from time. Victor Soderstrom, or he may drop on this list. All right, let's move to number nine. Pete, you go first. I gotta get my list up again. Number nine, I have oh, from two thousand and eight, Mikel Bodker. And you did not I at two thousand and eight. I have Bodker up a little higher, but go ahead, make your argument. Well, McCall, with Bods, and here it's not so much that I thought he fell to nine, but there are players throughout the list that clearly the thought or the notion is that they've had bad careers or they were bad draft picks. And I think I ranked them much higher as we progress. Michael Bodker had averaged just under half a point a game through his 709 games. He had 118 goals, had an outstanding playoff career where back-to-back overtime goals against Chicago propels the 2012 team into Arizona Coyote lore and history. Um, Belongs in the top 10, but there are better players coming up later that surpass what Bodker did as a whole in the National Hockey League. Okay. Do you want to keep going on your list, or should we? No, no, no. no I think go he's got to go and forth. Do my number nine. Okay, now. Craig. And I'm going to go with Dylan Strom. And I know Dylan Strom has is probably going to have more points than Mikhail Bodker, but Dylan Strom was selected third overall. Draft position matters to me. He was taken very high, and he was taken behind two guys who were considered franchise centers: Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel. So at the third pick in the draft, does that sound familiar? Because that's where the Coyotes are going to be picking again this season. You got to nail it. And not only did the Coyotes not nail it with Dylan Stroman, ended up trading him to Chicago for, along with, uh, uh, they, they sent uh, Brendan Perlini as well for Nick Schmaltz. When you look at the 2015 draft, it is loaded. It makes Absolutely me so sad. loaded with talent. Let me read you some of the names just to make my case here. In the 2015 draft, Mitch Marner, Miko Rantanen, Sebastian Ajo, Kyle Connor, <laughs> Matthew Barzal. Do you want me to keep going here? I mean, Timo Meyer, Brock Jacob DeBrus, Joel Erickson, Eck, Brock Besser, so, Konechny, Roslovic. So many names. That hurts in that draft. my soul. Like almost the entire first round is like, wow. Except Dylan Strom up here and Nick Merkley at the bottom. Sorry, Nick, but injuries really derailed his career. To me, that's what drops him so low because the expectations for Dylan Strom were so much higher as a number three pick. And he's he's going to have an okay career in Chicago. He's not a top-line center, so Blackhawk fans, and you know I'm a Chicagoan, don't convince yourself that he's a number one center. He's not. And he still has those defensive liabilities. He still can't skate. Because of the expectations for Dylan Strom, he drops all the way to nine. And so, okay, so we're, we're bouncing around a little bit because I have Dylan Strom so much higher on my list, and I'll tell you why. People get so caught up, and I get what happened afterwards. I get it, and there are some really good players. Dylan Strom still averages more than half a point a game in every game he's played in the league. He's played 273 games to date. He played more in those first three seasons than Baron Heaton did in his first three seasons. Um, with more goals than Barrett Hayton had in Barrett Hayton's first three seasons. He's a first-line center in the National Hockey League. He will be a first-line center again next year. For those reasons alone, I have Dylan Strom much higher in the list. He's the number one center because the Blackhawks don't have Still a number one center. And, and I think when you go back again through the Coyotes list, there are so many players that didn't play a freaking game yeah. that if a guy's got a career at all, it propels you automatically into the top ten. I'm going to point out another reason why Dylan Strom has some points with the Blackhawks. It really helps to play alongside Patrick Kane. Same thing you said about Mitch Marner then. Yeah. So well, Mitch yeah. Marner, if Mitch Marner plays for the Coyotes, does Mitch Marner have the points no. he has now? Hell no. No, he doesn't. So I think that's part of the two. Strom's first three years might have sucked because he played here. I, I I don't know. And we got we got names on the list that we'll say you can go to where, where would they have fit if they would have played here for their entire career? Who the hell knows? Right. Honestly, who knows? Because you're not playing with the same players. Having said that, Wait, I won't get ahead of myself. Never mind. You want to move to number eight? Sure. What's I'll start off with this one. At number eight, I have another number three overall pick, Kyle Turris. <laughs> this is getting in Coyote's hands stoked for the number three pick this year. Kyle Turris. A lot of hopes at this point that he was going to be the center that they needed. Number one center. A lot of things happened early. Peter, you were on the inside, so you can mm-hmm. probably lend some, some insight on that. But Kyle Turris... Didn't exactly make friends in the Coyotes dressing room early on. He was very immature at the time. Made a lot of enemies. He didn't produce. 
He couldn't find his way into the lineup. The coach didn't want to put him in the lineup. And then he made outrageous contract demands, which I reported a long time ago. That was the beginning of my relationship with agent Kurt Overhard, who I really like. I love talking to Kurt. But when those things came out, I, I wrote a scathing column about uh, Kyle Terse's contract demands. And of course, eventually he was traded to Ottawa for David Runeblad and a second round pick that they eventually used to get Antoine Vermette. So Yuck. again, so at, at number eight, I do not have Kyle Turris. Kyle Turris is another one of those players that is higher on my list for similar le- reasons. And I'll say this, if we were drafting who the better person was at negotiating through the management of the Arizona Coyotes, Kyle Turris might be last. He was an idiot. And when I say an idiot, I, and I take that, take that kindly is that he, he could have dealt with management better. His management demands on his contract and being traded were tough, but here's what happened to the kid. With Kyle Turris, he gets drafted third. And you want to know one of the reasons he got drafted third? You know who really liked him? was Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky yeah. Wayne Gretzky loved Kyle Turris. Wayne Gretzky went to see this kid play personally. He liked Kyle. So when Kyle goes to college and he's playing in Wisconsin, get him out of school. We got to get him. We got to get him. We got to get him here. And, and the whole thought is he's drafted so high, we got to get him here quickly. Might have benefited his entire career and his entire experience here in Arizona if he would have stayed one more year of college. Might have helped his entire career for for the for years to come. That didn't happen. Okay. So then they put him in the lineup the next year, played 63 games that next year, played three out of college and then the playoffs so almost don't count those. Played 63, every opportunity, first power play, first line, first over the boards. And, and there became some issues in that particular season because we had so many, Victor Tikhanov, Bodker, and Turos all there together. And anytime there would be a power play, we had some experienced players on that team and there's some veteran guys and you'd see tourists throwing his legs over the boards before a coach called him. You're like, Whoa, buddy, like relax a minute, like sit your ass down and wait. He expected things came too easily for Kyle tourists that first season. So what happens the second season beat it pigeon. And he went down to the American league, played the entire season in the American league did not sit well with him mm-hmm. or his agent. Or what he thought he should be. Now, in hindsight, if his development would have gone the other way and he would have started off in the American League, okay, I'm going to learn, I'm going to get better. Instead of being anointed and told you're this and then having to pull it backwards, that's where I think the bitter taste started to come. But then you start to look over what he actually accomplished over his career. Again, seven over 700 games in the National Hockey League. He's another guy over half a point a game. Still, in a, he's, you know, he was an effective player in the National Hockey League. Playing over 700 games to me is a win as a first-round pick. If you can get a kid and you pick him and he plays over 700 games, it's a win. So I have actually put Kyle up one spot higher than you. I have Kyle Turris at a seven because of that. And I put Dylan Gunther at eight. Gunther may end up being one. He may. He may. He may be the best draft pick the Coyotes have ever picked. He might. But he might not. And it's so hard to go on how good he is in junior I, I, I struggle with even putting him in my top 10. I really like the kid. I think his goal scoring in juniors has been elite. And I think it's it's showing that he can do these things. Does it translate? I don't know. We have guys that didn't make the top 10. Um, Henrik Samuelson blew up the Western League. Like blew it up. So it, wait, I still put him in my top 10. He's is at number eight. And that's why I had an eight was Gunther because I just don't know yet. Okay. You mentioned development, by the way. How often can we say that in the Coyotes' past that had the development path been better, Different. it might have changed the the course of and and, and I don't want to put careers. I, I want to go back and say, hey, this isn't anyone's <clears throat> fault that these players were rushed along. In the time, at the time, they had to put together a roster of twenty three players, and they felt that Kyle Turris belonged in that group of twenty three. That just wasn't a deep enough roster. It's never been deep enough to develop it the right way. And it starts with the draft. If you don't get it, you have to rush guys along too quickly. And we saw it this year. Too yep. many players had to play too quickly because there just isn't the depth. Yep. It's Charles uh, commented, Turris makes my eye twitch, LOL. <laughs> and it's so funny because the whole Turris era, I was young. Like I was a teenager and I hated him. Like I hated him. And when he left, I was so relieved. But I think that's one that just sticks out for Coyotes fans. Felt betrayed. It's just, yeah, you really felt yeah. betrayed. Yeah, and the way it was all handled initially. Yeah, and, and I'm sure and he's listen, a great person. That's the thing. I've talked he's to an Kyle unreal kid. Yeah, I've talked yeah. to him years since, and he, he he was honest with me his story. I wrote that how immature he was, and 
He's changed. Yeah, he's yeah. so nice. He but grew up. Yeah, that's he's great in the That's one that that's just a. Like, to years to this day, if you'll stop me and ask me about my son, and he he's so kind. Yeah. He just was. He was nineteen. Yeah. Yep. And he thought your head is this big, and people are telling you how great you are. Yep. It might have skewed his perception of reality a little bit. All right, and he's your number seven, right? That is correct. So we don't need to talk to, about him anymore at number seven. I'll no. I'll mention quickly that Mikael Bodker was my number seven, and I like parts of Mikael Bodker's game, but as a number eight overall pick, he never. Never really panned out. And talk about a guy like you remember that one year where they were given all sorts of opportunities running yeah. the power play, which was, quite frankly, under Newley Brown was a disaster when Mikhail Bodker was running the power play. Um, he had the two big overtime goals in the playoff against Chicago. I've also said that those are like two of the worst goals I've ever seen. Neither one of them should have gone in the net. It was just <laughs> bad goaltending True. at Corey Crawford. So, but he had some good moments, but I don't think he ever lived up but to his draft billing, but... Again, on this list of players, he's still sitting at number seven for me. And when you look at his draft year, the people that came behind him, we yeah. talk about Eric Carlson came behind him, um, John Carlson, some two big high offensive Oy. defensemen, Jordan Eberle. And, and say what you want about Jordan Eberle, where he's fit, his career has surpassed what Michael Bodker was yes. able to attain in his career. Um, I like Bods. There were parts of his game he could skate as well as anybody this yes. team has drafted. You just wish he had a little more bite to his game. Because he was a bigger, stronger guy, and he just didn't have that part he of his was game. Stout, yeah, yeah he, he had was those stout. quads. They his call him legs, Quadzilla. His legs were on. He had like tree trunks for <laughs> yeah, legs. They were massive, they were. yeah, like almost awkwardly large. <laughs> so he could skate incredibly well. You just wish he had a little bit more bite or jam to his game than he did. It was obviously he just wanted a little bit more from Michael Bond. Great again, fantastic teammate, great kid. Offensively, had an upside. People liked being around him and playing with him. You just wanted more. Especially from a number eight pick. Number six. Craig, you go first since we already mentioned this player. This is where I have Dylan Gunther. And again, this is this is like, uh, I feel like I'm just pandering to all of you. I like what I'm <laughs> seeing with Dylan Gunther out there, but I have no idea what he's going to do in the NHL. And Petey's absolutely right. Whatever he's doing in the WHL, it's great, but it means nothing for the NHL. So don't believe that because he's ripping it up scoring there, he's going to rip it up in the NHL. That... A does not or B does not fall away. You don't know until these kids get to this level. And this is this is two levels above. You know, I don't know if he's going to spend any time in the AHL, but the NHL is a huge step up from the WHL. So we don't know. But I I love everything that I've heard about the kids so far. There are a lot of people across scouting circles, across executive circles that rave about Dylan Gunther. So I'm going to go ahead and throw him at number six. My number six player. This guy you have higher on your list is Barrett Hayton. Barrett Hayton in 2018. I think part of the reasons he didn't get higher on my list, again, we go back to expectations. And when you listen to what John Chaika and his scouting staff said about this player at that time, they were incredibly high. And I don't mean just like at the five pick. They loved this kid. Mm -hmm. And they loved him much higher on their list than, than at five. They thought he fell to them at five. Now, Barrett... His first season, 20 games, one goal. That's not high-end elite offensive player, but that's not the player he's supposed to be. He's a 200-foot centerman that can play all ends of the ice. I think Barrett probably would be higher on this list if he hadn't sustained injuries in each of those years. I think that just really hurt his development. Yep. I think every time he gets to where you go, okay, I'm starting to see it, he gets hurt and has to start all over again. And starting all over again for him tends to be back in Tucson. And so he has to go back to the American League and grind his way back up. I think the future is incredibly bright for this kid. I think he's going to find a spot. I don't think he's going to be a number one center for this team no, or this franchise. I don't think that's it. And we've said on this show, it's okay to be a third line center. As long as you're a really good third line center, you can help propel a team to victories and to Stanley Cups and to playoffs if you fit in the right spot. I think Barrett Heaton is probably going to end up being a number three center for this team. And that's okay. I just think the expectations thrust upon him from his world junior play, from his, his points production in juniors were so high that I think everyone expected this to happen sooner and at a bigger impact. And he is my number five player, so we'll just jump right to that. The thing about Barrett Hayton for me is I have never seen a more disjointed development path than I've seen with him. And it's not just the injuries, it's COVID and the way it impacted the amount of games that he was able to play and where they had him, where he was playing. I think he probably got rushed a little bit. I didn't want to see that either, but he 
you know, listen, I know a lot of scouts will tell you that going back and playing another year in juniors is fine. I do think that there are exceptions. There are guys that could play in the AHL and benefit more from learning the pro game. I think he's one of them. His whole path has just been messed up. What I saw from him this season was a guy who was matching up against top talent early in the season, doing a really good job defensively, all the details away from the puck, I really liked. And those are hard things to learn as a pro. We obviously need to see more production. We saw signs of it at the end of the season. And I guess the last thing, and this is a bit of a projection for me, is the reason I have him this high is he's my pick as the breakout player of the year next year for the Coyotes. Wow, look at that early. Clip that thing. There it is. Holy On May shit. May 13th, we're calling it already. Call it early. Okay. The other thing I want to look at with Barrett Hayton, too, is, is there was a lot of talk about that draft. You know, you've got some really good players. Sebastianikov, Kotkanami, and Kachuk all went ahead of him. Really good players, and I'll give the Buffalo guy, Dahl, and we'll see if Raspendolin, who knows. But the players drafted care. behind him. He's actually him, sleeping back like there. Quinn, <laughs> Quinn Hughes, the very next pick after the draft. Came in like a freight train in Vancouver. We'll see where those careers pan out. And, and five years from now, like Quinn Hughes was the big hot buzzword at the offensive defenseman after him. We'll see. I mean, the, these players are still so young. And Keandre Miller, you're seeing a lot in the playoffs with the New York Rangers, is another name that was a first-round pick of that year. But there really isn't a guy other than the people ahead of him that jump off. Like Joel Farabee is a couple picks right. behind him again. Yeah. Nice player. Yeah. But nobody's jumping on, oh, you missed that guy. You missed that guy. There's, so there's no real big misses behind him. I think they're, they're all too young to see what they're going to be. Is that fair? Yeah, I think it's mostly fair. Yeah, you have a, your own guy. At that number point. five, number five, my number five, which we've already, I've already talked about, was Dylan Strom. And, and so I won't spend a whole lot so of time on That's a huge it. difference from Craig. Yeah, from, from Craig had him so far down because I think Craig took it in a different direction of because he was picked at third behind the players he was picked behind in a draft that was unbelievably rich with talent to see that he was just okay. When you compare him to the rest of the list of Coyote players, separate from who came before and after them, he's done pretty well. Different methodologies. Yeah. Right. And sure. he's done pretty well on a whole scale of, and I, do I think he's going to get to play 500 games this league? I do. So he's going to reach a different plateau. So I think when you put, Gosh, you could have had player A, B, C, and D. Yeah. And would they have performed better here? Maybe they would have. I, I think for me, I put Dylan up higher because, you know what? In this list, his points per game is pretty freaking ex- it, it, It's fourth. Yeah. Fourth on these picks, his points per game. And not that points are everything, but it's a measuring stick sure. on a non-defenseman. Um, and that's why he's higher on my list. Sure. I get your losing argument. But <laughs> you guys actually Sadly, the rest of it sucks. You, you have not made Leah moderate enough, so like, you guys actually agreed on your top four, though. Yeah, we did. But I the one one player that came after Hayton that I think a lot of people look at is Quinn Hughes because he's put up a lot of points yeah. in Vancouver. Yeah, he's a nice offensive defenseman. Quinn Hughes can't defend a lick. Can't defend a lick if you watch him. He's a terrible defensive player. I think he took strides there last year, but he's not a good defensive player. Uh, I like Barrett Hayton's all-around game. I still like the potential there. But as far as the top four, how strange is that? We agreed. We're in agreement. Before you leave out that Quinn Hughes thing, the last thing I'll say about Quinn Hughes, he's another guy that had the tourist Bodker Tikhanov thing, is he was given every opportunity in that year from the Vancouver next every first power play. And they didn't so your every power play point, he's on it, whether it's the first or second assist. So his points may be a little bit inflated as his career progresses. So we'll just say that about Quinn Hughes. Really nice offensive player, but some of those may inflate it. Four on up. Same guys. Yeah. Go ahead. You can start with number four. Number four. 2013 draft, Max Domi. I like Max Domi. And when you look at, I remember that pick specifically. And I got to go back and look. He's picked, he's 12. He was picked 12th in that draft. And one of the things, and I think that Max is incredibly public with his health. Uh, Max has diabetes. Yep. And I remember that being a huge topic of discussion that year because he played for the London Knights, tore it up. Like his points were ridiculous and that there was always a concern about his health. And I tell you what, early in his career, when he first came to Arizona, it was a big adjustment in, in managing. And I don't, gosh, I hope I'm not saying anything too far out of school. It's a, it was a difficult adjustment managing 
that part of his game because when you're in juniors, you're on a different schedule, different travel schedule, different practice schedule. It's a different way of life than when you get into the NHL where it's chaotic. You're, you know, three and four, you're traveling and you land at three in the morning and you're not on a consistent schedule. And I think that that first stretch of his career was a little bumpy road for him, finding out how to manage all that. And it was a tasked with incredibly strong medical staff here the doctors here they were able to figure all that out and that's when you really started to see max domi flourish offensively gifted he's still i mean he's playing an offensive role in these playoffs right now what did i have him for points per game um he's he's six point six point point six two seven points per game so that's a lot like over half a point a game player um he's played over 500 games already he's got over 100 goals in the national hockey league that's impressive you would like to have seen him do more of that here. Yes, in Arizona, and yeah, and he had the he had a big start in Montreal, but then faded there. He's on his fourth NHL team yep. now, which is troubling, right? Suitcase. And, and time is running out at at age twenty seven for Max Domi. He's still one of the best players they've ever taken. He's he's still a very productive NHL player. I want to make that clear. But among players in that draft, he's way down in terms of points and. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe you have more insight into this. Why did it go wrong with Max Stomi here? Why did he eventually want out? Was that all Ty? Was that his dad orchestrating his exit from this franchise? I won't say specifically. Okay. Other than there are a lot of factors other than Max Stomi's play here that it was probably time to move on. But keep in, keep in mind, though, he left here in 1819. Like the playoffs were nowhere near. Yeah. that team like there, there wasn't to the point where they're going to be coming back into it and I think Max wanted to be in a place where they were going to win and where he could be more of a offensive star and it wasn't going to happen here they started this is you know he started in 1516 and that was full-on rebuild and I think I think it was it was a situation where they both the franchise and Max Domi needed a fresh start I think he did a lot of great things here. Max is a hardworking guy. He was a good teammate, well-liked. It was just time. And, and you hear that a lot. It was just time. It wasn't a bitter breakup or uh, like Kyle Turris where that was a horrible, disjointed breakup. This was, they got Alex Galchenia coming back, who was another high draft pick that they thought was going to add some offensive speed. They just thought two players are going to get a change of scenery and it was going to help them both. Okay. So I, I don't, it wasn't a negative, bad thing. It was just time. Yeah. Yeah, and same agent for both guys, uh, Pat Brisson, represented oh, both guys, so that. they were able to huh. orchestrate that trade. I remember mm. talking to Pat, right? You know all that, that stuff. So they found found homes for both of them. All right, so number three. Do you need to do an ad read before we get to our top three? I feel like sure. it should be like the NHL draft Yeah, lottery, like the draft lottery one. To build the suspense. And they're here. like going through the picks so quick, we can't yep. even keep up. And exactly. then a commercial break. And then a deflation. So we'll take our commercial break to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And uh, we talk about it every day, the NHL playoffs. There's three game sevens tomorrow. That's unreal. So you can bet on all of those on DraftKings. It'll make it a lot more fun, I think, to have some money on the games. I talked about how much more fun it was to be at the D-backs game with people who had money on the game. And the NBA playoffs are going on. And hopefully the Suns can get it done on Sunday it's a little upset. Did you bring your racers with you? I know. I my know. racers are yeah. speaking to me outside yeah. right now um, because they're just so excited about the DraftKings Sportsbook <laughs> app. And this week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets. If they do, you can also turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs with same-game parlays. And right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit and... It's time for our DraftKings pick of the week, and we'll bring Sean back on the screen because Sean. I was just gonna say, is he awake? Yeah, <laughs> Sean is on this show specifically, like hot, hot with Eater. his picks. Okay. And at the baseball game the other day, hot with his picks. So, Sean, what do you have for us? Got electric. I'm not gonna give you any uh, or, or players to hit a home run today. I gotta go at the NBA playoffs. Um, game six for the Celtics Milwaukee. It's been the best series in the NBA playoffs, I think. Um, feel like it's just destined to go seven um it's kind of a toss-up the Celtics are at plus one right now um so I'm just going to go with the Celtics money line at minus 105 I think they they take it to or not take it to I think it's going to be a close game but I think they beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee wow in game seven mm. um regardless I think it's going to be a good game but we'll see I'll have more picks for you though 
shortly after this show on the PHNX Bet show. So stick around on the YouTube. Oh, look at that. You're, wow. It's a heavy workload today after not sleeping. Yeah, seriously. Night. So Correct. there's that. We're going back? Well, no, not not quite yet. If you want to follow Sean's picks um, or do any picks of your own and let us know what you're picking on DraftKings on Twitter, um, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right. So top three time. Maybe we should have brought placards. So we could that would have been hilarious. We should have. <laughs> but guess what we did. So the guy that we both have at number three, let me ask you a question. Where would he have been before this season? That's a good question. Mm. Yeah, uh, on my list, he's seven or eight. Wow. But with that phenomenal season that he had, breakout season, the first season where he showed us he might be worth that big contract extension that John Chaika signed him to, Clayton Keller. I I was so impressed by him this season. Complete game, too. That's as much as anything. You, you, you wanted to see the production, and production was going to be hard on this team this year without a legitimate number one center between he and Nick Schmaltz. It's tough to produce at the level, and he was nearly at a point-per-game clip. But I saw so much progress in the other parts of his game, the defensive side of the game, much more awareness, better reads, better attention to detail, and and better effort on the defensive side of the puck. That's why he's climbed to number three for me. I'm really, really curious to see what we're going to see from Clayton Keller. Hopefully, you know, he comes back from that injury. He said he was going to be skating really soon. Can he take it up another notch? If he can, he has a chance to be one of the best players in this franchise's history. Yeah, and I agree with that. And you'd look at his first year out. He was a young, slight player. He needed to put on some weight. But even in that first year, his first complete year, scores more than 20 goals, and, and he gets 60 points. And you go, oh, shit, here we go. Like, giddy up. Then it fell off. And I think it fell off because people go, okay, well, Clayton Keller's on the ice. So, yeah. We better have somebody on Clayton Keller. We better defend him differently. And also, his the ice time he was getting that first year wasn't the ice time he was getting mm-hmm. the second year. Now he's getting prime minutes. Now he's he's getting up against the, the other team's top defenders. So I think you saw that drop off in production for the next few years until he figured it out. And I think it's it took him that time to mature to go, okay, maybe I can't just dipsy doodle around and flip my stick around and I'm, I'm the guy. I got to play the entire 200 feet. And I think that once that woke up, he earns every penny of his of his contract right now. There's yep. and I said it for years. He makes too much money. The contract's horrible. It's not anymore. Yeah, and and he will be their best player. He was their MVP this year, and he he still misses all those games. And clearly, when he was out, they weren't able to score. They did win, so that's not fair. But they they weren't able to put up the offensive done that they could when he was in the lineup. Yeah. He is propelled on that too. And then the other thing, and you talk about some of the things on how you pick this list is you got to go who was picked after him. I mean, Miguel, I mean, Sergachev, Tyson Joes has played a lot of games, but there's not like Tage Thompson. Like, I'll take Keller. That's one where I look at that list. Yeah, you look at the list and yeah, and you're, you're taking Clayton Keller. He's, I mean, he's a two time NHL star. He was the best player on the Coyotes this year. And Charles in the comments said Keller really turned it up this year, which was incredible, especially given everything this season was. And that's a good point, too. He had his best career year on a really bad team. And I think this is the first player that we can say this about. If they redrafted this draft today, he'd go higher. He'd go higher. Yeah. And that might be one of the only Arizona draft picks that you could say that about. He's in points from that draft class. He was drafted seventh right now. And he... Dropped his decline. Yeah, yeah. Jesse wow. Poyarvi and and Ole Ulevi. I think Ole. he goes. I think he goes above both yeah. of those players. Maybe not over Austin Matthews. He's had a no. pretty good year too. He's okay. He's okay. He's fine. But right, number two, the guy that we had on the uh, that we had uh, at the, the start thumbnail, of the show yeah. on the thumbnail. Was oh. he on the thumbnail? He was. See, I didn't. You were too busy complaining. I'm too busy. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know it didn't end well, but sixth overall in 2009, left-handed defenseman. Oliver Ekman Larson mm-hmm. is number two on both of our lists. And, and again, 
you look at the number of games he's played, he's at 848 games as of today, over 100 goals as a defenseman, almost half a point a game as a defenseman in the National Hockey League. When he broke in, he helped this team when they were at their peak. He was a regular player in that 2012 team. You thought every time he was going to go into the corner, someone was going to break him in half because he was so slight and skinny, and yet he would come out with the puck. His, his ability to win battles in the corner earlier in his career were better than they were later in his career. Mm-hmm. And, and it's you wish he would have been able to keep that part of his game going through injuries and different things along his progression made some of those things tail off. But when you go back and watch all of Reckman highlights from his first two or three years, you, yeah. you forget how offensively dynamic he was as a player. And I mean, he was freaking good on the blue line on the power play. His ability to move the puck... And his ability to get up the ice with the puck were phenomenal. And that kind of disappeared as he got older. That part of his game, that that wow factor. And that's too bad because I think he's I still think the ceiling was higher for him. I still I think too. he there yeah. was more in him through whether it was injuries of, or personal circumstances. Things. Yeah. You know, like his his mom passing away, injuries, this situation with the changing in coaches, just the the circumstances in Arizona. It didn't really do any good for him but I think we do forget those amazing amazing years with him and he was the captain of this team for a reason and I know it didn't end well yeah and even it didn't even start well as his captaincy because there was some controversy yeah but but he in terms of a a player that was and until this year like he was a coyote like Mm -hmm. Oliver Ekman Larson was synonymous with a coyote and he didn't get the recognition he deserved because of Arizona just being the market it is i think if he was on in his peak years if he was on an east coast team or a canadian team the attention he would have gotten and the recognition he would have gotten would have been bet more and, and very deserved but i think that it's a good number two on this list given our criteria is a good place for him back-to-back season scoring 20 plus goals at 23 goals it's franchise record still you go back to that 2012 playoff when tip had him on the ice all the damn time. Yeah. Average 25-47 of ice time in kid. that postseason. That's how much. It was three minutes more than the next closest player. That's how much tip he relied on. Offensively and defensively. Yeah. His all-around game. phenomenal player back then. He's also a phenomenal human being. I love O. I, I love the guy. The other thing, though, and we've talked about this, is the redraft. And Oliver was picked at six. I don't know nationally what that draft would look like. I think we, we've got a little soft spot in, a spot in our heart because he was the captain and he was Oliver. He was OEL on where he would fit. Kadri came right after him and Nazim Kadri. I mean, you could say what he brings to his team, but to compare him to the defenseman, the next one was Jared Cowan. Who? Like OEL, there are some that there would be some debate. Kulikov's on that list as a defenseman. Nick Letty, John Moore. I, I mean, Oliver's better. Yep. So if you redraft that... It's Braden Shen is at five. I don't know if Vander Kane, Matt Duchesne are above him. I think he's, if he doesn't move up, he's right there. Yeah. Like he's right in where he belongs. Oh, and I, I think it was a great draft pick. Oh, just terrific player for so many years. It's too bad that, you know, when he started his career, it was right at the tail end of that successful run. And then he had to go through some really lean years of flogging heavy minutes. And all. I mean, he was, he was in decline by the time they had a chance to get back there and, Let's let's be honest about it. He was not Rick Tockett's kind of captain. They just never fully meshed, and that was part of the problem here too. But I still think at some point down the road when his career is over, Oliver ekman Larson is going to be in the ring of honor, and he should be. Wow. Well, I could see it. All right. Well, do you have a drum roll? Drum roll. We can... <laughs> I don't think we do. People are gonna love this one. This one is gonna. This one is gonna sting everyone. The number one top fifteen in Coyotes draft pick of Go all ahead, time. Say it. Oh, you did. No, we had to say it. Oh, okay. It's Blake Wheeler, who didn't even play a single minute for the Arizona Coyotes, and he is the best Coyotes draft pick in the top fifteen yep. of, of all, all time. time. And, I, and honestly, PD side. Honestly, the, this was a hard one for all of us on the panel. We had to set the rules first because once you allow it to be a non-coyote player have their success, it's not even close. Nope. Like this isn't even close. He's got over a thousand games. He's ver- on the verge of three hundred goals. He scores at a pace 
0.82 points per game. He's a point-a-game player in the National Hockey League through a 1,000 games. Captain of his team, drives the bus there. He had a little blip in his radar, similar to the Kyle Turris problems, where maybe he thought he was something maybe he wasn't yet, but he's clearly become, because he not only had problems here, he had problems in, in Boston. Boston yeah. So the, clearly there was a problem early, I don't want to say problem. It was just finding his way. But when you look at his numbers, they are phenomenal. And you put a strong right-handed shot barreling down the wing in 2012. If they would have put him in Shane Doan and then Blake Wheeler's coming up next. Are you kidding? Yeah. Like it's just the could have, would have, should have with Blake Wheeler just drive you insane. And I'll go back to the draft because I always say this and I, I don't want to diminish the scouts roles. But Leah and I can go to the floor of the draft with the hockey news and pick the top 10. Because we can. Because they're pretty much the top 10. That year, when they said Blake Wheeler from Breck High School in Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota. Breck High School is a small private school outside of the Minneapolis area. You go, who? Huh? Where? Like, I swear I couldn't believe it. I'm thumbing through. Wasn't in the top 100. Wow. You don't find players like that anymore. You you don't shock the world like they shocked the world. Isn't like it a shame that they couldn't get him to play here? Because that's the kind of pick where you, like, it cements somebody's status as, wow, you found that Blake guy. Wheeler. Yep. Yeah. Nobody had him. Like, it's, you know, when people talk about, like, Zetterberg and Datsuk going so late, like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. Well, nobody expected Blake Wheeler and the Coyotes found him and then he turned into a fantastic player, an all-star. And he did it all in Winnipeg. Of all places, Winnipeg, all places, where they came from. And the other thing is, what's interesting, and it's funny, too, because when you'd have those head-to-head matchups in Winnipeg and Doan would fly back, the the crowd's adoration and love for Blake Wheeler and the disdain for Shane Doan. He would get booed mercilessly. How do you boo Shane nothing. Doan? Shane didn't move the team. Surprise. Right. He didn't move the team, but they, they identified him with the movement, and he just would get booed so badly in that building and it was a competition between wheeler and don't every time we faced off in winnipeg it was exciting to watch because they were both big strong right-handed players unfortunately um, winnipeg got the better of it the one other thing we talked about is where that redraft happens (laughs) and his he's a phenomenal player he's phenomenal his numbers are great and he might, at picked at five, might move up two spots. Oh, I think he would because I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up and you brought up Doan as well because Wheeler has 867 points. Right now, it would rank second in Coyotes history to Shane Doan's 972. Blake Wheeler's still playing. Yeah. So he's got a chance to be to pass Shane Doan, get to 1,000 points. Among players selected in that draft, he's third in points behind. Some pretty good players. Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny wow. Malkin. Yep. Ovechkin, Melkin, Wheeler. And, and again, you, you got to go back yeah. to those scouts. Like, I would, that's a mic drop, isn't it? Yep. Let's say, yeah, I picked him. No big deal. I'm done. Like, uh, that's a big, not just, in the top 100. It's just and now too bad fifth? that he didn't. Mm. That he didn't end play up on here. the Coyotes and, and Charles said, why you got to hurt us like this? And one know. more. There's some other things on this list. Uh, on that particular year, 2004. Yes. Blake Wheeler doesn't play here. But if you go down the list of 2004 top first-round picks, how many guys did play here? Starting with Andrew Ladd, who was a fourth pick. Al Montoya, who was picked at six. Um, keep going. There's a lot more. Devin Dubnik at 14 played here. Kyle Chipchura at 18 played here. Wow. Kyle Lori Korpakoski at 19 played here. Wotek Wolski <laughs> at 21 played here. That's unbelievable, actually. And that's all of the guys that we that were in that first round of that year, the, the Coyotes didn't pick. They all played here. The Coyotes <laughs> picked didn't. Makes absolutely no sense. That's hilarious. So wow. anyway, to sum it all up, the best draft pick in the top fifteen spots in the history of the Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes is right. Blake Wheeler. Well, let's recap both of your picks. So we'll start with Craig's top ten list. Counting down from 10, Victor Soderstrom at 10, Dylan Strom at 9, Kyle Turris at 8, Mikkel Bodker at 7, Dylan Gunther at 6, Barrett Hayton at 5, Max Domi at 4, Clayton Keller at 3, OEL at 2, Blake Wheeler at 1, and Petey's list at 10, Soderstrom, Bodker at 9, Gunther at 8, Turris at 7, Hayton at 6, Strom at 5, Domi at 4, Keller at 3, OEL at 2, Wheeler at one. We will be posting both of these on our Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. 
today. So go ahead and vote. You can put your arguments if you feel like someone is missing from the list. And by the way, there was players in seven, those 17 to 11 spots. We didn't get to talk about them. We, we have got plenty of time. We have plenty of time, time in the offseason where we can talk about. And, and I we'll saw talk someone. About some misses. Yes, too and later. someone asked about Connor Don't Garland. Want to do our top, our bottoms. Yeah, yeah. We'll Garland. We'll later. Like, we'll do a list of the best draft picks from the whole draft of all. This was just the 15, yeah. top 15 overall yeah. of all time. Because it was exciting to talk about some of the good ones. Yeah. I think next time we'll get a chance to talk about some of the And there's a ones. lot of material to talk about Who? there, buddy. There Who? is. There a is. And also. You, when we say some of these names, people are going to be like. Who? What? I don't even know yeah. that name. Yeah. And yeah. I just First hope, round draft pick. And it's, you know, funny you talked about how Clayton Keller jumped up your list this year. <laughs> Are we just, what are you laughing at? Matthew Petey should, should be arrested, arrested for putting Strobe at five. five. <laughs> yeah, I'll be curious to see the Twitter replies. Thank you, good night. That's my last show. Yeah, I, I really want to hear also on Twitter and in the members-only Discord what your list would be. Please tell us yeah. and give us your arguments and we'll, we'll Better yet, it. give us comments like that. Yeah, that, that's good. <laughs> I know. But talking about how, how Keller moved up so far, it'll be interesting, you know, maybe next year we'll say, oh, maybe what if Gunther does come in the league this year yep. and has an amazing rookie season? Who knows? And... With all the Coyotes picks in this upcoming draft, maybe in a year or two years from now, and we, if we do this again, to see hopefully some of the picks from the 2022 draft will make the top well, 10. Craig and I will come out of retirement to do the show on these picks. Oh, my gosh. From this year's draft. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring the, walkers. bring the walkers in. Well, uh, please give us a follow on Twitter at phnext underscore coyotes. Become a member at gophnext.com. If you're not already, you're missing out because you get members deals on merchandise. There's amazing stuff in the phnext locker. You get access to the members-only Discord. You get to read all of Craig's incredible stories and the stories of the other writers here at phnx. Gerald writes about the Suns, and I know he had some thoughts after last night's loss, <laughs> so you can give those a read as yeah. well. Um, a lot of great content on the website, and we'll be putting out draft content that will be behind the paywall on the website as well so as we go ahead in our draft coverage and draft preparation you'll want to be a member before that as well any final notes on this no Friday? i thought last i just want to say there was a really good idea that not only we're going to go through coyotes picks through all rounds and there are some really good ones that were found later i think on one of our around the nhls as the season progresses and maybe after the, the playoffs are over we could do an around the nhl best picks outside of the top three rounds of all time. Side. Oh, yeah. yeah all the time. Be, the best Speaking of Datsuk, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those kind of picks. That's great. That'd be fun. Oh, that would definitely be fun. There you go. So I'm you done know. for the day again. That's it. And I'm just going to say happy weekend, everybody. We're going to roll Sean into the quiet room now. <laughs> no, Sean has to be <laughs> on the. He's on Bets at Noon. He's on ASU at <laughs> 1. The grind never. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> he's boohoo he said oh my gosh well <laughs> we'll wrap this up thank you all so much for watching we appreciate you follow us on twitter at phnx underscore credit so you can vote on the poll this afternoon and give us your arguments against these two also we can you can give your top 10 and we'll see if we agree read my story too on the bad contracts the coyotes might be taking because i spent like a, uh, a week on it no it wasn't that long but it felt like a week at some points so I went through every NHL team to find the bad contracts that the Coyotes could target to bring in draft assets. All right. It's a labor of love. <laughs> so Have check a good that weekend, out. everybody. Check that out at gophx.com. Thanks so much for watching. We'll be back on our Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 11 a.m. live, Tuesday, Thursday audio next week. So everyone, have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.